This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City, always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. So glad you're joining us here on a Friday on the Brian Kilmeade Show. My name is Joe Kelly, and I'm coming to you from the Florida Freedom Zone, WDBO Radio in Orlando, Florida, where I'm the host of the Joe Kelly Show. Why am I here? Why is Brian not here? Uh, I asked myself the same question earlier this morning. Uh, Brian is having a travel day today. Uh, as he is out getting ready to start the promotion of his book, Teddy and Booker T. And he, in fact, is on his way here right now. He's on his way here to Florida, and we're we're excited to have him in Florida for the weekend. Uh, if you have yet to get your tickets for his events, he is going to be appearing tonight at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall in Ponte Vedra, Florida. That's just outside of Jacksonville. He's going to be in the Villages tomorrow afternoon, or tomorrow, actually, at noon. If you guys don't know Florida, the Villages is said to be, and I believe it is, America's largest 55-plus community. Uh, They really know how to party in the villages. And uh, Brian is going to be there at the Barnes & Noble uh, at the Lake Sumter Market Square tomorrow at noon. You still have plenty of time to get out there. And then by tomorrow night, he is going to be in beautiful Vero Beach, Florida, at the Vero Beach Book Center. Uh, He is going to be there uh, tomorrow as well. So check that out. Uh, actually, that'll be Sunday. I'm sorry. That'll be Sunday at noon as he is signing copies of his new book, Teddy and Booker T. And you're going to absolutely love it. I'll tell you, if you've never been to a Brian Kilmeade event, uh, Brian is truly fantastic at it. I have been to multiple events. Uh, nobody, by the way, said to me, Joe, we'd like you to go on the air and talk about uh, how great Brian is at doing these events. I, I, no one said anything to me like that about that. But when Brian has been here in Orlando and I've been uh, at events with Brian in other cities as well, uh, this guy is a, a world-class entertainer. He is just absolutely fantastic. I know a lot of radio guys that just sound phenomenal on the radio, but you get them face-to-face in person, and and they're just a, a big dud. That is not Brian Kilmeade. This guy is so dynamic, so energetic. Uh, he is an absolute blast to watch on stage. Uh, you will laugh. You will think. You will – I don't know if you'll cry, but you'll, you'll have moments of introspection. Uh, it, is, it is really, really worth it. If you're on the fence about whether or not to get tickets, if you're on the fence about whether or not to get the book, uh, by all means, uh, do, do it. You will not be disappointed. The holidays are coming up. These would be great Christmas gift ideas as well for a, a conservative in your family or even a liberal in your family. Uh, I'm sure that they would similarly enjoy Teddy and Booker T and tickets to go see Brian Kilmeade as he appears live. We'll have more details about that coming up in a few minutes. But I wanted to dive into uh, the day's events, and I'm I am so excited. Uh, to have our first guest here on the Brian Kilmeade Show today, and it is Joel Rosenberg. And Joel is joining us from southernmost Israel, uh, the city El At, where missiles were fired overnight. Joel, most of us here, if not all of us, can't imagine what that must be like to, to live in fear of constant bombardment. How do you cope with that? 
Hey, Joe, great to be with you. Yes. Uh, so I'm a journalist. I'm an author. And, and we also, my wife and I, started 17 years ago a, a humanitarian relief organization to bless Israel and her Palestinian and other Arab neighbors in the name of Jesus. We're evangelical. Uh, dual U.S. Israeli citizens. So we've been through a lot of wars here, unfortunately, but this is unlike anything we've ever seen before, Joe. And we've been under rocket fire in Jerusalem. We've been doing deliveries of humanitarian relief, you know, all over the country, north and south. But we were trying to get away for a couple of days and and bring some humanitarian relief supplies to, as you say, the southernmost city in Israel is called a lot. It's actually mentioned in the Bible. It's it's right at the tip of the Red Sea, and uh, we think of Israel almost looking like New Jersey. We we'd be down way south, like <laughs> Cape May or something like that, right? Right. So so we were coming to bring um, relief supplies and and just um, you know games and soccer balls and stuff too, because a lot of Israeli families have been evacuated right out of the the the, the border regions with Gaza. Uh, where Hamas has been, you know, slaughtering people and shooting rockets, but also in the north, uh, up against Lebanon, where Israeli communities have had to be evacuated. So we're we're driving down here, thinking, all right, well, at least with this, these next few days will be quiet, and it'll be just good to encourage people who are going through trauma, right, going through hell, really. And we see in the air ahead of us, heading south, we see uh, missiles. In the air, mm. and sure enough, um, it, there's a there's a conflict. At least in the press, it's not clear whether this was a ballistic missile fired by Iranian forces in Syria, or if it was actually coming from Yemen, from the Houthi Iranian-backed uh, Houthi terrorists, because they they've been coming from both directions. But we saw the uh, the Arrow Three Israel uh, Israel's most uh, sophisticated and newest. Uh, missile defense system, we saw it deploy and blow this thing out of the sky for its first time ever in actual combat. And, uh, you know, we're just driving south. We were actually listening to the repeat of the Republican debate. Mm, yeah, right. imagine the, how surreal it would be to hear Republicans debating how to deal with a war like this. As you're um, watching missiles and, come and, raining and down. And to watch missiles coming in and being intercepted. But so thank God back in the 80s when Ronald Reagan said, well, you know, right. I think we need to have missile defenses. And the Democrats were like, ah, that's ridiculous. That's Star Wars. You're, you're a looney tune. But Israel took the idea very seriously and developed um, missile defenses that are saving our lives. Now, of course, since that time, and I, we, you know, we heard Donald Trump saying that if he's elected president, he's going to create a, an iron dome over the United States. Strategically and, and tactically, it's going to be a bit different to create a missile dome over a country as big as the United States compared to a country the size of Israel. Well, that's true, right, because Israel is uh, so small. that I mean, We're basically the size of New Jersey. We have a population of less than 10 million. And, and But one could have made the same argument saying, well, you're a small country. Uh, yeah, you have a growing economy, but why, why waste or they might say invest so much money to develop something if, you know, if you're so small? Well, it's because we knew that we have neighbors that are genocidal and that we had to do this. Um, the United States needs to realize that the enemies it faces from, from communist China, certainly North Korea – Obviously, uh, Russia under Vladimir Putin, a monster who keeps invading one country after another, um, and Iran. Iran, who's not only close to building nuclear weapons, but it's working with North Korea 
to build long-range ICBMs to reach the United States. Um, America would be insane not to develop the most sophisticated missile defense systems in the world because, you know, as my wife and I were waking up this morning and just, you know, processing what we'd just seen again, you think, what if, what if we didn't have them, right? What if there weren't leaders 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago who were thinking, no, this is going to be hard and it's going to be expensive, but we have to do it because once people start shooting at you, you can't figure it out then. You have to have it in place, and it's not foolproof, right? Obviously, missiles have gotten through, but um, but thank God Israel has, has not only the most advanced, but it has the most layered system. We have systems that can shoot down rockets, which that's called Iron Dome. But we also have something called David Sling and Arrow 1 and Arrow 2 and Arrow 3 and the American-built Patriot, all of which takes out rockets and missiles that have different trajectories and different altitudes. Um, again, it's, it's, uh, we, still, we still need the grace of God to protect us from genocidal enemies. But thank God that uh, part of his blessings is to, to give us uh, these type of systems um, that America absolutely must have. Joel, I love the the biblical visual reference to David's sling, uh, the yeah. you know the David against the Goliath, uh, which is just a phenomenal reference and a phenomenal name of a weapon system, a defensive weapon system. We're talking to Joel Rosenberg. He is a New York Times best-selling author, seventeen novels, five nonfiction books, five million copies in print. He's the founder and editor in chief of two news and analysis websites, All Israel and all arab.news and he's joining us here on the Brian Kilmeade show you must be disappointed when you hear things like you know things that are happening here in the United States particularly in New York City uh, that that the New York City Police Department is reporting a staggering 214 percent increase in Jewish hate crimes yeah this is this is chilling to me I have to say Joe thank you for bringing it up because both as an American and an Israeli, and yes, I am Jewish. That's my heritage on my father's side. A name like Joel Rosenberg, people might guess that is Jewish, <laughs> and it is. Um, by faith, I'm an evangelical. I believe that Jesus is the Jewish Messiah and the Messiah for the world. So that's a complicated set of identities to live in this part of the world. But I say that because with all of those, from all those vantage points, um, and putting my cards on the table. It, it, it horrifies me that something has happened, something wicked has been uh, you know, unleashed into the world. Uh, it's like from the sewer system. It has emerged like something you know, out of a horror film where one month ago and a, and a few days, uh, Jews are invaded and slaughtered, beheaded, butchered, burnt in ovens, uh, burned alive, shot to death, mothers shot and killed in front of their children, children uh, tortured, limbs chopped off, then shot to death in front of their parents. Like That type of barbarism, ISIS-like savagery, that happens. We get a couple of days of sympathy, and then two other things happen. First, we start to defend ourselves and go on offense. Right, and the world goes crazy. What are you doing? Are you crazy? Ceasefire, ceasefire. And then the second thing is, anti-Jewish sentiment is 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 erupting in cities, on campuses. College professors and and uh, and university uh, presidents don't know how to handle it. 
they know how to handle defending transgender people. Yeah. They know how to uh, defend, you know, a, 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 you know, a black or Hispanic person yep. and, and good for them. But when it's when it's an anti-Semitic attack, they 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 suddenly lose their moral compass. I was just with Boris Johnson, the former prime minister of Great Britain. We we went we went on Sunday to one of the Israeli communities right on the border of Gaza, which was the, one of the first places that Hamas invaded and slaughtered people. Forty babies murdered there. Forty murdered. Some of them beheaded, burned alive. And we, you know, as Johnson and his counterpart, former Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison and I, were with some other reporters and, of course, a lot of security going through this. Johnson called this um, a vision of hell. Mm. And then he said, Joel, it's like a moral fog has descended upon the world. I'm describing it as an evil coming up. The evil is coming up from the sewage. But he's describing a moral fog coming down upon people, like blinding them. At a moment, you would think great moral clarity would be not difficult to find, right? Who who was the aggressor? Who was the, uh, the the victim? And shouldn't Israel have every possible right and responsibility to go defend itself and and wipe out an organization that openly says uh, in its original charter from 1988, Hamas, uh, that they're going to massacre us all? And uh, and and commit genocide against the Jewish and Christian people. So, but 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 that's not the way people see it, right? And Joel, I'm speaking and about speaking about. I mean, obviously, some people get it. Now, speaking about New York City, we knew that after the attacks of 9/11 and the and the World Trade Center towers uh, were brought down, we, you know, we knew that the United States had a had a window of grace, a window of opportunity in which the world uh, had sympathy and empathy with the United States, uh, and the the window for Israel. Uh, following the attack of October 7th was all about a hot minute. I mean, that that was a very small window of empathy. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was, Joe, I'm not sure if it was a window. I, it was like a crack in the window. And then and then people rolled it back up, the, the window back up. Like, but think about it. If somebody asked, said to America, oh, ceasefire, ceasefire, one month after yeah. those World Trade Centers went down. Like, like, that's insane. Or one month after Pearl Harbor. But that's what anti-Semitism is at its root. It's a double standard where Jews aren't treated. We're not treated like other people on the planet that have rights and have a, a, a value to our lives because God created us and he loves us as he loves everybody. But he has a special love for us. That's what the Bible says. But even if, he, even if that wasn't true or even if a person listening to me doesn't believe that, we still have basic human rights. If we get slaughtered, we get to defend ourselves, and yet no, but that is not the way uh, people, some people in Congress see it right now. The United Nations last week voted to condemn Israel for our war to defend ourselves yeah. and didn't condemn um, Hamas. It, it is amazing. What Joel, hang on. Hang on with know? us for just a second, Joel. I, I hate to stop you right there, but we want to we want to continue this discussion on the other side. And we're going to we're going to go down to the streets of New York City and hear from some of these uh, ding dong protesters, some of whom are, are clear anti-Semites, some of whom are just ignorant. They don't have the slightest idea what it is they're actually protesting for and against. We'll have that for you coming up next. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. My name is Joe Kelly. Stay with us. Get details about, uh, at briankilmeadeshow.com. Giving you everything you need to know. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. The amount of like tragedy that Palestine is facing, and that is like because of the Israeli government um, and because of our tax dollars, I think it's really scary and I don't like it. Do you think it's possible for Hamas to free the hostages who are in Gaza right now? They've tried. So Hamas has tried to free the hostages. We do not want the hostages. You're calling the Hamas terrorists. Some would call them terrorists. You're calling them freedom fighters. Right. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. I'm Joe Kelly at Talk Radio Joe here in Orlando at the Florida Freedom Zone. And this is a travel day for Brian Kilmeade. He's on his way down here to Florida for a weekend of appearances to promote his brand new book, Teddy and Booker T. Be sure and check it out. Joining us here on The Brian Kilmeade Show is Joel Rosenberg. His next novel, by the way, is The Libyan Diversion. It's going to be released. uh, Well, it's out. It's out now, if, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It just came out a, f- a few months ago, and uh, it is about it is about uh, you know radical Islamist terrorists trying to sneak into the United States uh, through Mexican uh, tunnels from United States into United St- uh, in, in, from Mexico into the United States because it, the administration in Washington isn't paying attention. Are you sure it's a and, novel? It sounds like a, it sounds like a nonfiction. I know it does sound like that, but the Libyan diversion and, and the title, you think, well, how does that have to do with Mexico? Well, because the terrorists have created a diversion to draw American attention into North Africa while they're really smuggling uh, nuclear dirty bombs into the United States via Mexico. And, yeah, the Libyan diversion was a huge bestseller just a few months ago. And unfortunately, we're I, I just pray it doesn't come true, because what you see in what Hamas has just done is using terror tunnels and using uh, sometimes very sophisticated techniques and sometimes very simple techniques to di- to cause a diversion and and catch a government off guard. And President Biden isn't even trying to keep that border safe uh, with with the me- Mexican uh, border. And with seven million people having come in in just the last two and a half years, the risk that there are ISIS style, bloodthirsty, radical Islamist jihadists inside the United States right now is very, very high. And I just pray the Libyan diversion never comes true, that it only is a worst-case scenario political thriller. Joel, just know that I'm, I'm going to say a prayer for you and your wife for continued safety and all the great Thank work. You, Joe. Uh, all the great work that you're doing there in, in Israel. And uh, I pray for your safety from the bombardment that is uh, seemingly a constant threat there for you. We'll continue here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. We'll get into uh, the, the Florida man issue coming up next. Stay with us. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. By the way, today is the birthday of the United States Marine Corps, and this is uh, Veterans Day. Today is the federal holiday for Veterans Day, uh, and of course, Veterans Day is tomorrow, the 11th day of the 11th month. 
And I know that a lot of people would like to extend a, uh, a greeting to our veterans and thanks to them for, for their service. A special thank you to all the veterans who have served our country and a special prayer for those families who lost someone who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. May God bless you all. Abs- uh, absolutely. Thank you to all the veterans out there. Ex-Navy diver here. Hoo-yah. Hoo-yah. Thank you for your service. I certainly do appreciate that. My father, uh, b- before his passing, my father was a retired commander in the United States Navy uh, and served his uh, 25 years, the most of that in the reserves. Uh, but he served aboard the USS Oriskany, the aircraft carrier that John McCain served on. And the Oriskany is now sitting at the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico right now, deliberately sunk as a scuba diving and fishing paradise. Uh, it is quite gorgeous on the bottom of the ocean, but the Discovery Channel had a special about the sinking of the Oriskany. In fact, that's actually what it was called, the sinking of the Oriskany. And I watched it with my father, and I remember my father. I've seen my father cry twice. Twice in my life I've seen my father cry. Once was when his mother died. There's always something about when your mom, when you, when you lose your mom. Uh, but I, I saw my father cry when my mother died and when they sank the Oriskany. Uh, and, I, you know, I didn't know what to say. I, I turned to my father and, and I said, well, Dad, I don't know if this is any consolation, but at least they sank it under our terms rather than the enemy's terms. And it will live on in perpetuity, albeit at the bottom of the ocean, uh, but it will live on in perpetuity. Uh, for scuba divers and anglers alike for for decades to come uh, until ultimately it just dissolves into the seabed. My name is Joe Kelly. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian is traveling today here, by the way, to Florida, to the Florida Freedom Zone. He is going to be in Ponte Verdra at the Ponte Verdra Concert Hall tonight at 7.30. Tickets are still available for his Teddy and Booker T book tour. And if you've uh, never seen Brian on stage, it's really a great show. Uh, he'll bring the Brian Kilmeade dancers and sing a song or two. I, no, he, he's not going to be sing- Okay. But it's still a great show. You'll really enjoy it. He'll be at the Villages on Saturday. That'll be at noon at the Barnes & Noble. And then on Sunday, he'll be in Vero Beach, gorgeous Vero Beach, at the Vero Beach Book Center. I don't know if you know this, but there are shipwrecks. Uh, all off the shores of uh, around the entire peninsula of Florida, and uh, particularly off of Vero Beach, they have found multiple shipwrecks that are filled with all kinds of uh, Spanish gold and and uh, other great great finds uh, just off the beach in Vero Beach. And then Disney has a, a resort in Vero Beach as well, which is really really nice. Uh, I do have some Florida man stories for you coming up in just a couple of minutes as well. I don't know if you guys caught the report. That came out yesterday from the U.S. Census Bureau, and they're kind of ringing an alarm bell that the United States, in the years ahead, will have a problem with a decline in population. And, you know, it all comes down to those baby boomers once again, doesn't it? The baby boomers have been that ripple, that bump in our population after World War II that has caused both uh, – Problems and opportunities, depending on what line of business, depending on what your lifestyle is. Uh, you know, as, as Brian is going to be heading to the villages, that's a 55 plus community. I mean, we're talking about, you know, baby boomers all over the place when he's going to be out there signing books on Saturday uh, on Veterans Day tomorrow. Um, but the population is expected to decline in the United States by 2080. 
America will enter the 22nd century with a shrinking population unless immigration increases. That according to the U.S. Census Bureau. Can you imagine that? As our border borders are wide open right now, as people are coming across the border, not by the thousands, not by the tens of thousands, but by the hundreds of thousands, the Census Bureau is ringing the alarm bell that we are going to run out of new people, of new Americans. And these demographic trends could reshape the economy and alter our society. Why? Because population growth is critically important for economic growth and maintaining safety net programs. Do you know what that means? That means that America is a Ponzi scheme. We are a house of cards. And, and honestly, to, by, by actual definition, we are more of a pyramid scheme than a Ponzi scheme. As a Ponzi scheme uh, is a system in which it's a scam in which victims simply invest. But a pyramid scheme involves recruiting new victims. And in this case, the new victims are new citizens, preferably new babies. So y'all ain't making enough babies, according to the U.S. Census Bureau. But what a, what, a, what a jaded way to bring a child into this world. What a jaded way to bring a child into this country to think, well, Rick, we need to have babies because the Census Bureau says that we're not going to be able to pay Social Security if we don't get new people. See, all of the new people in the system are paying for the old people in the system. That is the definition of a pyramid scheme. The United States is a pyramid scheme. What do you think of that? 866-408-7669. I'd love to get your take on that. You'll find uh, more information. You can message us at briankilmeadshow.com. But the number is 866-408-7669. The U.S. population expected to decline after reaching a peak of nearly 370 million people in 2080. But after that, it is going to be all downhill for the United States. In all, almost all scenarios... Immigration is projected to be the largest contributor to population growth, as it has been for decades. Our immigration growth out, outpaces our birth growth. The Bureau considers, considers zero immigration scenarios. So just imagine if we build not just a wall, but an impenetrable wall on both borders and shut down all legal immigration. If there's no immigration whatsoever – we are going to be in deep, dire straits. The country's population will begin declining almost immediately today and would drop to 226 million by the year 2100. Even with high immigration, the country could reach 435 million people by the end of this century. So the Census Bureau is out there advocating for more immigration. And as our borders are wide open right now, wreaking havoc across the United States, uh, wreaking havoc when it comes to our school systems, wreaking havoc in our communities, wreaking havoc in our big cities, wreaking havoc in our border states, wreaking havoc in our health care system. All over the place, we are struggling now with all of the immigrants that are coming across our border, both legally and illegally. People that are asylum seekers, people that are that are just coming here 
to maybe drug cartel members that are coming here to establish a, a, uh, an operation here in the United States. For whatever reason, you know, and a lot of us have looked at the Biden administration and thought, what is their game plan here? What is what is the end game? What's the strategy of leaving our borders wide open? Because it's not necessarily a done deal that they're all going to vote Democrat because a lot of people think it's just a big vote buying scheme to have our borders wide open as they are right now, even though the Biden administration would want you to believe that that is not the case. So maybe the idea in leaving our borders wide open is so that they can continue to fund the social safety net programs. But as the baby boomers uh, have not only gotten old, but they will be dying. We all die. And I I don't mean that as a shot to baby boomers. Y'all know that you have an expiration date. Around 2038, the U.S. is likely to begin experiencing more deaths than births annually. The country's non-Hispanic white population is expected to begin declining around 2045. The white population currently makes up 59% of the country's population. By 2060, it's expected to drop to 45%. So by 2060, the white population will no longer be in the majority in the United States. The Hispanic population will make up the majority. And the black population, interestingly, is expected to remain the same at about 13%. So America, the free, America, the beautiful, America, the pyramid scheme, as the U.S. Census Bureau says that we need to be making more babies. Uh, I will tell you that my baby-making days are, are, are behind me. Uh, and and, and, and I, I got to tell you, I, I've been thinking a lot about this lately. When, my, when I was a kid growing up, my parents said to me and my brother, I have one sibling, I have one brother, uh, my brother Steve, who lives in Arkansas. And my parents told Steve and me that they were adherents to the zero population concept. Zero population, meaning that we are replacements. My brother and I are to replace my mom and dad. And so the, the, the net effect is going to be zero. And so I've got a very small family. And when, when I hear my, you know, my wife has six siblings, six brothers and sisters, and that just blows my mind. And I'm, I'm frankly jealous that I don't have more relatives. I, I know I've, I've know plenty of families that have eight, nine siblings. And when I mention to people, and I, in the last few days, I've, I've, after reading the census report, I've mentioned to several people that my parents were adherents to the zero population concept Nobody knew what I was talking about. And and then I started to wonder, was this just something my parents told me? <laughs> was this a dad joke that my dad started and, and my brother and I just believed it and, and it just kind of snowballed from there? I don't really know. But uh, that's that's where we stand today. That um, I, I, I come from a very small family, just my brother and me, and that's it. And uh, between the two of us, uh, we have four children, so we too evidently are adherents to the zero population model that not by design, it just worked out that way. 
Uh, you can join us here on the Brian Kilmeade Show at 866-408-7669. 866-408-7669. I'm Joe Kelly. You're listening to the Brian Kilmeade Show. We'll have more uh, coming up next about Florida, man. All the stories that you hear about Florida. As as a man who lives in Florida, I I have got something to say about the wild and outrageous and sometimes purely lunacy of these Florida man stories. And I'll share some examples with you coming up next. Stay with us here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. To all my fellow brothers and sisters in arms that I've served with and those that are serving now, thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice. Yeah, I hope everybody has a a solemn uh, Veterans Day. Tomorrow is the official uh, Veterans Day. Today is the federal holiday. And then, of course, today is the Marine Corps birthday. Uh, they are celebrating the birthday today. You'll have Marine Corps balls and cake cutting ceremonies across the United States. They were established in November 10th, 1775 by the Second Continental Congress. The resolution stated two battalions of Marines be raised to support and strengthen the U.S. Navy forces in the Revolutionary War. The recruiting headquarters was set up in the Tun Tavern on Water Street in Philadelphia, which is considered to be the birthplace of the United States Marines. I love that story. Let's go to Tony in Orlando here listening on WDBO. Hey, Tony, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. How are you? So uh, I am doing great. Thank you so very much. This is the first time I've ever called into Brian's show. I've called into your show multiple times, and I'm going to say if I'm going to miss Brian, at least I get you. So oh, thank, that's I, thank you, man. So uh, I said you, you made a comment about the U.S. Census, and I just would like to compare these mental giants to the same people i'm old enough to remember the whole y2k scare planes are going to fall out of the sky i'm old enough to remember that the planet's going to freeze i'm old enough to remember the planet's going to boil uh climate change you know covid just everything that these mental giants want to keep us in fear of yeah the sky is falling the sky is falling Right. So that's number one. Number two, uh, as a dad, I'm a dad. I know you're a dad. And I'm positive that uh, I'm positive your dad cried. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More than, you know, especially when his son had cancer. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for so, saying that, Tony. I appreciate that. So uh, to all the veterans, thank you for your sacrifice. That's all I've got. Thanks, buddy. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you very much. I, uh, when I was 18, uh, I was I was diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's disease, and that was, of course, before the internet existed. And my my poor father, uh, I didn't find out till years years later. My father finally told me this story that uh, when I was first diagnosed, he grabbed an encyclopedia for our. Younger listeners, an encyclopedia was a a series of books that had historical information in it. And my father looked up Hodgkin's disease stage four, and he read the word fatal. 
And so I, I, I never knew, I never knew that my father thought I was going to, I was going to die. And I know that had to have been very, very hard on him. All right, Florida Man Stories. I I just want to stick up for Florida here for a second. You hear these crazy Florida Man Stories all the time in the news. And I just want to set the record straight and tell you that every single one of them are absolutely true. They're all accurate. They're all true. I'll give you the latest examples. These are just from this week in Sanford, Florida, which might sound familiar to you. Uh, George Zimmerman, Trayvon Martin. It's also a nice community. Uh, But wild hogs are currently tearing up yards in Sanford. Florida's Fish and Wildlife Officers say that they will not remove wild hogs, but they say that the hogs are not a protected species, so people can trap and shoot them year-round. But the problem is you're not allowed to fire guns within city limits, so I don't know how you're going to be able to shoot them. Uh, An alligator in Lee County, Florida, uh, at Boca Grande Beach, an alligator washed up on the beach. It was alive. Alligators generally prefer fresh water, not salt water, so it's pretty rare to see the alligators in the ocean. A, an Orlando man has now been arrested, ordered to appear in court after officers found five young alligators living in his bathtub. It is almost frozen, falling from the trees, iguana season. Uh, iguanas are an invasive species that populate most of South Florida. And during the cooler months, not cold, but cooler months, when we get temperatures down into the 50s, they freeze when they're up in the trees and then they start falling. And they have often fallen on people. And you are not only allowed to encourage, uh, you're not, uh, not only allowed to kill them, you're encouraged to kill them because they are invasive species. And then we had a bear steal Taco Bell. Off of the front porch of a family in Longwood, just north of Orlando, it was a Uber Eats delivery. From the Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan, it's the fastest growing radio talk show, Brian Kilmeade. So glad you're joining us here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. BK is on a travel day today. In fact, Brian is headed down here to where I am in the Florida Freedom Zone. My name is Joe Kelly. You'll find me online on most social media, if not all social media, at Talk Radio Joe on X, on Facebook, on uh, Truth Social, on uh, pretty much anywhere you look, PS5. That's It's at Talk Radio Joe. Uh, so check that out today, and I'm uh, here. I, I host the appropriately named uh, uh, The Joe Kelly Show uh, here weekdays, 5 till 7 in the afternoon on WDBO in beautiful, sunny Orlando, Florida, where right now it is sunny and 76 degrees. Uh, Brian, by the way, is on his way here to Florida. He's going to be at Ponte Verdra, uh, concert hall tonight. That's just outside of Jacksonville. That's at 7.30. Tickets are still available. Go to com. Tomorrow at noon, he's going to be at the Barnes & Noble in the Villages. You don't want to miss that. If you're listening in the Villages right now, you'll want to check that out. And then Sunday, Brian is going to be in beautiful Vero Beach, Florida at the Vero Beach Book Center. That'll also be at noon on Sunday, a busy Florida weekend for Brian Kilmeade. If you ever get the chance to meet Brian in person, and I'm telling you that there just isn't a more gregarious, outgoing, affable, friendly guy than Brian Kilmeade. And I don't say that uh, just because I get the opportunity from time to time to fill in for him. I say it because it's true. He just is. He he is the man you hear on the radio. He is the man you see on 
Fox and Friends. He is the exact same guy on TV, on the radio, as he is in person. And he is just a joy to be around and a, just a super nice guy. Uh, so if if you're on the fence about whether or not to get tickets, I beseech you, uh, get the tickets, get the book, get out there and go meet him. Uh, get a picture taken with him and impress all of your friends with it. I promise you they will be impressed with it. Uh, again, my name is Joe Kelly, and I want to welcome Fox News contributor and former chief speechwriter for President George W. Bush. Mark Thiessen is joining us. Hey, Mark, how are you? I'm doing great, but I don't think Kilmeade's okay. He's you don't that nice. <laughs> he's not bad, but you know, he's, a, yeah, know. He's, he's all right. <laughs> he'll he'll do in a rush. Yeah, okay. So, what, Mark? What was your takeaway? What was your takeaway from the the third GOP debate uh, this week? Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, you know, five people was better than than eight or nine. Yeah. Uh, but still too many. I mean, look, the, the, the reality is, is if you haven't broken into the double digits by now, you've got no chance of winning the Republican nomination. And I, I think that they need to I, th- I think they just are letting too many people on the debate stage. We got to we got to winnow this field. Uh, and the only two candidates who have a chance are Haley and DeSantis. Uh, and so I think they, everybody else needs to get out of the race. They need to raise the bar for the next debate to 10 percent. Uh, and and let's have let's have a Haley DeSantis debate for the right to challenge Donald Trump for the nomination. So in a sense, you're agreeing with Vivek Ramaswamy, who who blamed uh, Roma Never. Daniel, uh, <laughs> you know, for for not running for not running the debates well. That's that's fighting words. I don't agree with, with Vivek Ramaswamy <laughs> on anything. <laughs> Uh, but no, not 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 in that sense. But I, th- I think that w- w- I think this is they're treating this as a normal primary season, uh, which which is fine. What you normally do in a primary season is you have a low bar for debate participation. You give everybody a chance to catch a wave and make the case of the voters. Then when voters start voting in January, they call the field. Right. Um, that's not going to work in this in in this because this is not a normal primary season. What there really are are two primaries happening. There's the primary to be the challenger to Donald Trump, and then there's the primary to be to challenge Donald Trump for the nomination. And unless that first primary comes to some conclusion, then Trump is going to win the nomination over a divided field. I mean, he's got. If you look at all the first primary states uh, in in Iowa, in New Hampshire, in South Carolina. He's way ahead, but he's got less than a majority in all of those states, which means a majority of voters want somebody other than Donald Trump in all three of the top first primary states. And so if if the field of non-Trump candidates is divided amongst, you know, five or six people, uh, then Trump's going to win. Now you cannot, uh, and the majority you, won't get the, what they want. As I think you well know, you cannot tell a Trump supporter – that that there is a huge segment of the of American population that will not vote for Donald Trump under any circumstances. There, there is absolutely, and you know, t- the, this Tuesday off your election should be a wake up call for us. Again, we got trounced, despite the fact that Joe Biden is the least popular president uh, since World War II, except whose name is not Jimmy Carter. Uh, And, you know, I think, you know, this poll coming out showing that Trump is leading in uh, in swing states. Uh, There's, you know, there's the the old uh, the old uh, Scarface uh, adage, don't get high on your own supply. (laughs) You know, the 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 the, the fact that he's leading by five or six points in some of these states right now when Joe Biden is so unpopular doesn't mean that he's going to win those states when that people actually have to choose in a binary choice between Trump and, and and Biden. Um, but if you look at that same poll, Nikki Haley is crushing Biden. So in Wisconsin, Trump loses by two points. Haley wins by 13. 
I mean, she's got a much broader lead. And so if you look at it, he is the least likely candidate to actually win against Biden. And Biden is beatable. And, I, you know, you look at the at the uh, the 2022 midterms. We were all waiting for that for that uh, that big red wave. And it didn't arrive. Why? Because all these candidates out there who were who were you know who focused on election denial and focused on all the, all these things that, that was like nails on the chalkboard for independent voters. We lost independent voters, and they're the ones who are going to decide this election. It's going to be a couple hundred thousand people in five states that decide who the next president is, and we should be looking at who is the candidate who is most likely to appeal to those voters and win those voters uh, in November 2024. We're talking to Mark Thiessen here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. My name is Joe Kelly, and Mark, I got to tell you something that that truly concerns me is that that Donald Trump recently stated that he won all 50 states in 2020 and that he, he is still stands by his assertion that the election was stolen. And he has already kind of laid the table, set the table, if you will, uh, that the that the, the 2024 election is going to be stolen if, for whatever reason, Donald Trump doesn't win the GOP nomination and or if Donald Trump loses to Joe Biden, I I fear that the the Trump loyalists will not accept those election results. Yeah, I mean, the election denial is corrosive, and it's corrosive on the left too. By the way, listen, I forget that you know the Hillary Clinton said her election was stolen, and then you had a bunch of these uh, Democrats on Capitol Hill who were who voted against the uh, Ohio electors in uh, in tw- two thousand four. So this isn't a single party problem. Um, but yeah, it's 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 corrosive, uh, and uh, and here's the here's the problem. We need as a party to be focusing on the future. What, how are we going to – this country has never faced what we're facing right now. We can't survive another four years of this, of this administration. Worst inflation, worst, worst labor shortage. I mean the, the wars in, the, in Europe and the Middle East and threatening war in, in, uh, in, in the Pacific. These, these, we don't have time to mess around. We've got, we, we have to put up somebody who, can act, who we know can win. And we got to focus on offering our solutions for a better path out of these times. And we're going to be if we if Trump's the nominee, we're going to be focused on 2020. And you know why I know that? Putting aside his own lack of discipline, there are going to be two trials focusing on 2020, and he's going to be fighting on them. And he's going to be talking about it all the time because he's going to be defending himself in in Georgia and in uh, in the federal case. So I don't know how we if we if we're focused on 2020 in 2024. Uh, Democrats are going to win. So, Mark, to circle back to your to one of your early comments that you believe that if you're not in the double digits at this point, you should drop out. And at this point, there's really only two candidates on the GOP side that are in the double digits uh, outside, of course, of Donald Trump. Yep, that's right. That's Nikki Haley and, and, and Ron DeSantis. Uh, and Haley is the is is the is, is surging while DeSantis has been slipping. Um, but you know I, what I think I quite frankly Vivek Ramaswamy look Vivek Ramaswamy is trying out for uh, to inherit uh, you know the Alex Jones anchor chair on Infowars. That you know the that that's what his whole ca- campaign is about. And you know it's entertaining, but it's conservative performance art. We don't have time for conservative performance art. We've got this the, the issues in front of this country are too serious. And the only candidates who have a chance of actually winning the Republican nomination are DeSantis and Haley. Uh, it's got to be 
one of them going up against Trump when the voting starts in January. And so they should be the only people on the debate stage in December. Now, the, the, the DeSantis team won't admit this publicly, but there have been a variety of reports from so-called DeSantis insiders that have claimed that the reason why DeSantis is adamant about staying in the race, I mean, not to mention that, that he does have the double digits, but that yeah. he, he is counting on something calamitous happening to Donald Trump, uh, which, of course, you know, the immediate thing that comes to mind is, is that he could be in jail. Yeah, uh, that's possible. That's possible. I mean, it's possible that neither Trump or Biden will be the nominee and and something calamitous could happen to, in, in, to either one of them. I mean, you know, I mean, just look at Joe Biden, how Joe Biden has declined over the last 15 months and imagine what he's going to be like 15 months from now. I mean, it, it could be patently obvious that he uh, that he can't serve another term. And then it's Kamala Harris that's on the that's effectively uh, on the ticket. So you know, and, and as you said, you know, now Trump, Trump, you know, he, if he's convicted, he can run from jail. <laughs> I don't know that that will necessarily stop him from getting the Republican nomination, yeah. uh, but it certainly won't help with independent swing voters. <laughs> so uh, you know, the, there's a, there's there's so many uh, so many unknowns going into to the next year. But I, look, 70 percent at least uh, to almost eighty percent of Americans don't want a Trump Biden rematch. The first party to figure that out and nominate somebody else is going to win. Well, speaking and, about the, the the first party, I mean, we're seeing the the potential rise of a of a third party candidate. Uh, how is that going to play into the, this election? Well, multiple third party candidates. So Jill Stein, the Green Party candidate, said she's going to run. Uh, Again, you've got uh, Cornell West. Yep. Uh, he's going to run. Uh, those are both going to take votes away from the Democrats. You've got uh, Kennedy. Uh, who takes more votes away from Republicans, apparently, uh, but uh, but he but he's apparently running. Uh, and, uh, now, who knows if they can get on the ballot? You know, they, they, running third party, if you're not on the ballot, doesn't mean anything. Uh, and then you've got the potential of a no labels ticket. Uh, I actually think that a no, no labels ticket isn't uh, isn't as uh, crazy as people uh, as others say, because I think so. There's you know, as I said, 70 to 80 percent of people don't want a Trump Biden rematch. But if they if they're forced to choose between two candidates they don't want right now, Democrats are not going to vote for Trump. Republicans are not going to vote for Biden, so they're kind of stuck. They have no safe harbor. If you put up a centrist, uh, centrist, bipartisan, qualified ticket uh, on no labels, there's a, that's a, that's a safe harbor that people on both sides can go to. Uh, so I, I think they're actually people are under underselling the possibility that no labels could be successful. Um, but you know, it, it's a long shot. Uh, it's unlikely, but it's possible. Mark Thiessen, how does Joe Manchin play into this? Does he? Uh, well, he could be the uh, he could be the no labels candidate, and uh, you know, Manchin going up with a with a serious Republican uh, on ticket and and saying let's go let's move the, let's revive the center and let's have a revolt of the center in this country uh, could be effective. I think he's ma- he's making a mistake by he had an op ed in the Wall Street Journal today talking about how he wanted to even though he's pro life he wanted a moderate bill to codify Roe v. Wade. Uh, Republicans are not going to vote for, for codifying Roe v. Wade. I think that's a huge mistake. Any, any no-label ticket has to be abortion neutral. Leave it to the states. We're not going to do anything at the federal level. But uh, you know, but if you if you were if you had a ticket that was abortion neutral, that was Joe Manchin with a serious Republican or a serious Republican with Joe Manchin as the vice president. You know, it could be a Republican on the top of the ticket. Um, I think that 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 would be a serious contender for uh, for uh, victory in November. We're talking to uh, Mark Thiessen, Fox News contributor, former 
uh, chief uh, speechwriter for President George W. Bush, who is having his uh, big veterans bike ride today, by the way, which I saw that on Fox News just a little while ago. And, uh, of course, today is the federal holiday for Veterans Day. The actual day is tomorrow. Uh, and and we've got our, our fourth debate that is scheduled, and Donald Trump has once again said he's not going to appear at the fourth debate. And, and I will tell you that I was the first person prior to the first debate. Prior to the first debate, I was critical of Donald Trump saying he really should be in the debate. How, how dare he not be in the debate? As I sit back now and, and look at it, I think, you know, I was wrong about that. Donald Trump was wise. <laughs> he was wise to skip these debates because, as you kind of alluded, I mean, they have been – uh, let's see. Uh, on the radio, it, it's been quite a poop show. Uh, these some of these debates have been, and and it and it's been hard to watch. And frankly, it has been embarrassing for a lot of these GOP candidates. Yeah, it has been. Though you know, the debates have served their purpose, which is color, which is sort of sifting the wheat from the chaff, right? I mean, so Nikki Haley has now had three strong debate performances in a row, and as a result, she's she's catching uh, she's catching momentum. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I, I think that they've, they've served their purpose, but they, but they need to, it, it needs to be a steeper slope than what they're doing because, you know, right now, last debate, it was 4% to get on the, on the stage. Next debate it's 6%. There's, you know, there's, you could still have four people on the stage at 6% uh, as, as the standard. It's just too much. If you're not in double digits now, you have zero chance. Get out of the way. And Mark. Look, I love Chris Christie. He did a great job. He should be running against Bob Menendez for Senate in New Jersey. Um, you know, uh, I, Tim Scott is a great man. He's got a great future. This just isn't his year. Uh, and Last question for you, Mark. Uh, a lot of times these candidates will stay in the race uh, on the hopes of perhaps being picked for the vice presidential position. If Donald Trump is the candidate – I don't see I don't see any of these current GOP field becoming Donald Trump's vice presidential choice. Um, probably not. <laughs> probably not. He's probably going to pick somebody from outside of that outside of that field. But, uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. But there there a lot of people do run in order to uh, try and uh, and try and uh, make the vice presidential field. But uh, at this point, it's, too, it's uh, that part's over. We've got to pick a nominee. You got it. Mark Thiessen, Fox News contributor. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Have a great weekend, buddy. I appreciate that. 866-408-7669. We can squeeze in a couple of phone calls for you. Coming up straight ahead, join us here. I'm Joe Kelly. You're listening to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Both sides, all opinions. It's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Thanks to all the veterans who served, including the reservists and National Guards, who now, if you serve, you can get called up at any moment. Well, you certainly can. Today is Veterans Day, the holiday. Actual Veterans Day is tomorrow, the 11th day of the 11th month at the 11th hour. Uh, Today is also the birthday of the United States Marines. And uh, uh, today is also... 48 years ago, I don't know if you remember this one. The captain wired in the had water coming in, and the good ship and crew was in peril. Later that night when his lights went out of sight, came the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Not the song, but the, the actual wreck of the ship. 
Uh, happened 48 years ago today. Gordon Lightfoot uh, could could not be reached for comment, of course, because he actually died in May of this year. Uh, he he lived all the way through this year. A great song and a tragic shipwreck on the Great Lakes, to be sure. My name is Joe Kelly. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, if you are are wondering where Brian is, he is on his way down here to where I live, and that is in Florida, the Florida Freedom Zone. We're glad to have him here. He's going to be in the Jacksonville area today, tonight at 7.30 in the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall. Tickets, very few tickets are still available. Uh, go to briankilmeadeshow.com. He'll be at the Villages tomorrow at noon at the Barnes & Noble. You don't want to miss that. And then on Sunday at noon... In beautiful Vero Beach, Florida, he'll be at the Vero Beach Book Center. You can check that out as well. Pick up a copy of his new book, Teddy and Booker T. We will continue the Brian Kilmeade Show. My name is Joe Kelly at Talk Radio Joe. If you're interested in it, Brian's talking about it. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Hey, my name is Joe Kelly, in for Brian Kilmeade. Brian is on his way here to Florida. It's a travel day for him. He's got three appearances this weekend, starting today in the Jacksonville area uh, at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall. Tickets are available. Just go to briankilmeadeshow.com if you want to get tickets for that event. Uh, it's a whole lot of fun when you see Brian on stage, and he just he just really makes it an enjoyable event. I cannot say that um, enough. It is a lot of fun, well worth the cost of admission. Uh, a lot of his events are free, the book signings and stuff like that. He's got a book signing at The Villages at noon, coming up tomorrow at the Barnes & Noble. Uh, you can check that out. And then he's going to be in Vero Beach at noon on Sunday. And he's got a whole bunch of appearances after that. If Brian comes to your community, uh, be it in Tulsa or wherever it happens to be, you really want to go because it is just a whole lot of fun. And you will walk away from that event having uh, your your ribs will hurt because you have laughed a lot. Your your brain is going to be on fire uh, because you're going to be have, have so much to think about. Your heart is going to be on fire because you're going to have such passion for America when you hear what Brian has to say in person. I've been to multiple Brian events. Uh, I have been a part of several of his events, and it is just truly, truly a, a spectacular uh, time when he does his stage performances especially. I, I'm very, very excited about welcoming our next guest here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, it is Dr. Phyllis Chesler, Ph.D. She's a psychotherapist and a professor emerita of psychology at City University of New York. And I was told, Dr. Chesler, that, that a feminist was going to be joining me. And I thought, well, that seems odd to have a feminist on the Brian Kilmeade Show. But you're kind of the anti-feminist feminist. Well, yes and no. I stand to some real feminist values, but truly, most feminists of many generations have been so Stalinized and so Palestinianized that I don't even recognize them. And they are hard of heart, both towards their own country, America, their own civilization, Western, and certainly hard of heart toward Israel. You know, it, it, Yes, go I'm ahead. so sorry. Go ahead. We'll finish your thought, please. No, no. And they and they have not made public statements in support of Israel's right to exist. They have not condemned the street mob surging hate hateful actions from coast to coast. And in the name of anti-racism, they have not done so. So 
as a real feminist, I care about the rape of women in a war zone. I was involved with the Yazidi women, with the Bosnian women, with the Rwandan women. And nobody cares about the rape of Israeli women or the rape of Israeli men, not to mention murder and uh, <laughs> burning babies in ovens and kidnapping. Well, so, you know, I don't I don't think I'll ever get accustomed to hearing those words said like that. I, I, every time I hear it, it's a shock to my system. And I've seen some of the images. I've not seen the uh, video that that uh, Israel is screening to certain people. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the United States Congress is going to get a special screening of it on Tuesday of next week. The the one, the video that is not widely circulated, but I've seen some of the video that is not uh, that that has been more widely circulated, and that. Uh, video just turns my stomach. I mean, I, I literally had to walk away. And I, I, I had heard that when they showed the video to the Knesset in, in Israel, that they gave out anti-anxiety medication uh, for the, the members before they watched the video. It's that bad. Yes, it is. I've seen snippets and footage and visuals and anyone with a heart and a soul not, I mean, the United Nations, forget about feminists for a minute or about, you know, the, the critical race theory maniacs. The United Nations has not really passed, has not passed a resolution to date condemning this uh, terrorist attack on steroids, this barbarism. And instead, statements made by individuals say, and we worry now about the Palestinian civilians. Yes, because they're very much tyrannized by Hamas. And if you want to free Palestine, get rid of Hamas. That's the first step. And now the the thing that hurts me as a feminist activist who works with Muslim women who are feminists, who are for Israel, and who's studied honor killings, it amazes me that American and European feminists are more obsessed with the occupation of a country that has never existed, Palestine, than they are with the occupation of women's bodies in Gaza or on the British West Bank, because these are women who have been forced to face veil, to head veil, to marry as children, to marry into polygamous families, and to risk being killed. You would think they would be focusing on Hamas, which is like ISIS, which is like the Taliban, but they're not. Dr. Chesler, far be it for me to, to speak for women. I, I, I'm not in that position to be able to do so. You, you can, though. Uh, and it seems to me that, that there are many women, many of whom are the protesters on the streets of New York City, but I think some of them are members of the squad in the, in the uh, U.S. House. But it, it seems like they're making decisions that are actually counter to what is best for women. They don't care about women. They, they, we're dealing with a mass uh, delusion of binary reductive thinking. You're either a victim or a victimizer. Either you're oppressed or you're an oppressor. You're colonized or you're a colonizer. And who are the most sacred victims of all? Men of color. Even guilty perpetrators like Hamas, men of color, uh, are sacred victims. And the propaganda, the brainwashing, the indoctrination has been carried on for 50, 60 years. 
partly funded by Arab money, but partly the professors in our universities, elite and otherwise, truly believe big lies, and they teach them. So we're now several generations into American students who believe that Israel is the worst country on earth and that America is maybe even worse than Israel, that we, the country that abolished slavery and fought a long and bloody civil war to do so, we're the worst country. And Islamic countries, which still practice slavery, are the best and can't be critiqued because when you critique uh, gender and religious apartheid in Muslim countries or child marriage or polygamy or torture of political prisoners, let's think of Iran, the, the largest state sponsor of terrorism, who's funded Hamas and strategized this pogrom with Hamas. Um, they're not they're not being criticized rightly. Look at the plight of women in Iran, I mean, or Afghanistan, beyond belief. So, still, if a man of color commits a real crime, like he honor kills his wife or his sister, you can't say so mm. because that would be quote Islamophobic, something yeah. that doesn't exist. The concept, long-legged concept, doesn't exist. We're talking and to Dr. Phyllis Chesler here on The Brian Kilmeade Show. My name is Joe Kelly. And and I know that you're there in New York City. That's my understanding, at least. And, and, I, and I'm certain that you're already aware of this. But I want our listeners to hear something, and I want to get your reaction to it. Uh, as Fox sent... Uh, a a uh, Brian uh, Brenberg down to the streets of New York City to talk to some of the protesters, the pro-Palestinian protesters, and ask them if they would sign a petition to help Hamas free Palestine. And I want you to listen to the reactions. Cut seven. Doing a, a quick petition to help Hamas free Palestine. Uh, you're all in? All right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, you're in? Easily. I just have to read terms and conditions just so okay. you, know, you know what you're signing. Okay. By supporting Hamas Free Palestine, you agree to the following. You agree that every Jew, Christian, and non-Muslim in the world must be slaughtered? I don't know about that one. You endorse making homosexuality punishable by jail or death? Oh, no, no, I don't. You don't agree with that? You believe Iran should use Palestinians as puppets to spread radical jihad and destroy the West? No? No. I'm glad I read the terms yeah. and agreements. You support strict Sharia law, which bans women from showing their knees, hair, playing sports in public, not being able to travel without a man's permission. I'm sorry. Not interested? Oh, okay. I mean, that, that, to have ignorance is almost as bad as, as being evil. I mean, if, if you're out there spending your time and your, your effort, your energy to rally the cause for, for Palestine, to, for a free Palestine and pro-Hamas, and you haven't the slightest idea what they stand for, I mean, that's just as bad as being evil. Well, yes, it is, as is indifference in the face of evil, in the hope that if you let the other God get sacrificed, you'll be left alone. The ignorance is extraordinary, but the resistance to fact, logic, reason, history, for that matter, biology and genetics, the resistance is profound. Uh, I mean, think of the taking down the posters with faces of Israelis kidnapped, mainly children. Yeah. It's like, we don't want to believe it. We don't want you to see it. We want to deny what happened 
instead of presenting the footage uh, to wrapped, weeping audiences, these people on the street everywhere with smirks and glee and rage, and the women curse a great deal. They're very vulgar, which is an interesting thing because they're presumably uh, leashed or oppressed, but there they out there. They're out there tearing posters down. And in Montreal yesterday at Concordia University, they were scuffling, they were assaulting uh, the Jewish students who just put up a Shabbat, a Sabbath table for those who were kidnapped and again had the faces. So you're right, ignorance is a huge problem. And so is the indoctrination, which we've let happen for the last 50 years. All cultures are equal, right? Multicultural, and and everything is relative, and there's no objective truth. It's just everyone's narrative, their own opinion. Dr. Chesler, one of the things that Hamas is good at, and I hate to say that they're good at anything – but they're they're very good at disinformation and misinformation. Uh, as we see these images, photos coming out of Gaza, uh, first and foremost, I mean, it's so important to understand that no pictures are taken in Gaza. No video is shot in Gaza without the uh, express authorized permission of Hamas, the, the terrorist monsters. Um, but but they're very good at at, at, at ginning up sympathy to, to for some people. How do you combat that? Well, that's a very important question. Uh, They reverse reality and project their own crimes onto the Jews in Israel or onto America. And if you repeat a big lie often enough, like for 50 years, people are going to believe it. They'll be brainwashed into believing it. So Israel is an apartheid state, which it's not. But Islam doesn't practice gender and religious apartheid, which it does. Uh, you didn't hear any call for ceasefire on October 7th, did you? While the Jews were being butchered and slaughtered and raped. Not a word to ceasefire. It's no. only when the Jews began to fight back. Ceasefire, ceasefire. Uh, pacifists didn't call for peace on October 7th or on all the days where Jews were being attacked by Iran's proxies, Hezbollah or Islamic Jihad or Hamas, even here, any call for peace. The minute the Jews fight back, that's it, peace, humanitarian, this, that, ceasefire. And the ceasefire now, tragically, means the end of the Jewish state. If Israel cannot militarily get Hamas totally, fully, finally in their tunnels out of Gaza, then Israel may be lost. It's a life and death battle. And every feminist, I mean, now since you had asked me about that, every feminist who has not called me to reach out to say this is terrible or I'm so sorry or you must be, you know, really upset, is off my list. Dr. Chesler, we, I, I know that the people on the streets uh, you know, can be often very ignorant, but one would like to believe 
that news organizations uh, are a little bit more plugged into the realities of what's going on. I don't know if you know this, but the Washington Post had published a an editorial cartoon in which the Hamas leader uh, was strapped with babies and and a and a woman, innocent civilians, and using them as as shields. Well, the Washington Post has now apologized for the cartoon, and they have taken it down. Well, except the cartoon represents reality, because as we know, Hamas locates their weapons and their military command centers right under hospitals, mosques, schools, especially United Nations schools. This is their diabolical and they scheme, and they do Hollywood is what you were describing before. They doctor footage. They put out fake. It's it's called Hollywood, um, Bollywood for Palestine, and uh, they're very good at it. And I'm now troubled, and I'm sure you know as well, that uh, honest reporting uh, now is documenting that Hamas let in some photojournalists. Mm. Before the October 7th to be embedded with them, which means that this is a war crime. One one of whom had a a camera in one hand and a hand grenade in the other. Uh, Dr. Phyllis Chesler, Dr. Chesler, it is it is such an honor to be able to talk to you. Uh, this is such an important issue, and I, and I hope people take notice and take note of, of what you've had to say here and what you'll continue to say uh, in the days and years ahead. Uh, Dr. Chesler, thank you so much. Thank you very much. My name is Joe Kelly. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. We can squeeze in a couple of phone calls straight ahead if you want to join us at 866-408-7669. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Coming to you on a need-to-know basis, because, man, do you need to know. It's Brian Kilmeade. Radio that makes you think. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. I'm Joe Kelly in for Brian Kilmeade, 866-408-7669. The House Foreign Affairs Committee is going to be hosting a bipartisan housewide screening of the the video of the atrocities committed by Hamas on October 7th. Uh, they the Hamas monsters were so proud of their work that they video recorded it and the video was picked up off of the of many of the dead bodies of the Hamas terrorists. It is a 43 minute compilation video. Uh, described as an unceasing display of horrors from the assault that killed over 1,400 Israelis. Uh, and then the the 43-minute video that the uh, anybody from the U.S. House can see uh, on October, excuse me, on Tuesday of next week is going to be followed by, uh, later in the afternoon, members are going to receive a classified briefing from the Biden administration officials on Israel and Gaza Uh, So that'll be happening on Tuesday of next week. It'll be interesting to see how the House members react after watching that video. My name is Joe Kelly, and you are listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. News headquarters in New York City. Always seeking solutions, never sowing division. 
It's Brian Kilmeade. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. My name is Joe Kelly at Talk Radio Joe. You'll find me on all social media at Talk Radio Joe. Brian is having a travel day today. You saw him on Fox and Friends uh, this morning on the Fox News Network. And then he immediately ran to the airport to catch a plane, and he's flying down here to where I live. Uh, and that is in the Florida Freedom Zone. Man, we love it. It's beautiful, sunny, uh, and now uh, 84 degrees. It is warming up a little bit right now here in uh, Orlando at WDBO. I'm the host of the Joe Kelly Show, weeknights 5 till 7 here on WDBO. Brian is going to be uh, just outside of Jacksonville uh, this evening at the Ponte Verdura Concert Hall, 7.30 tonight. Tickets go to briankilmeadshow.com. Then tomorrow at noon, he'll be in the Villages. Uh, the Villages is America's biggest 55-plus community. And uh, I got to tell you, the people in the Villages know how to party. They really know how to party in the Villages. Uh, he'll be at the Barnes & Noble tomorrow at noon, so check that out. And then Sunday, he'll be down on the coast. Uh, that'll be the Atlantic coast of Florida, Vero Beach, Florida, which is just gorgeous. Uh, and he'll be at the Vero Beach Book Center uh, tomorrow. Uh, check that Sunday, Sunday at noon. So it is a busy Florida weekend for Brian Kilmeade. I highly urge you, uh, if you live in Florida, if, if you're within the sound of my voice, uh, stop by and see him at one of those three events this weekend here in Florida. It'll be well worth your time, uh, particularly tonight. Uh, he, the book signings are always great, and he's very personable at the book signings. You can get pictures with him. You can get, of course, an autographed book from him. Uh, and he's promoting his new book, Teddy and Booker T. Uh, but the stage performances are always truly wonderful with the Brian Kilmeade dancers and the or- orchestra. No, they don't have the orchestra. They don't have the orchestra this time? Okay. All right, so, so skip the orchestra and the dancers, but he really does do uh, an amazing stage performance. It is a whole lot of fun. Today, by the way, is Veterans Day. It's the federal holiday today. Of course, most of you know that 11-11, which will be tomorrow, is the actual Veterans Day. Thank you for our freedom. Thank you from the past, the present, and the future veterans and heroes that protect us and keep us free. A wonderful free country. Thank you to my dad, World War II. Thank you to my husband, Vietnam. He's no longer here as a result of the Vietnam War. Thank you, heroes. Thank you for your comments. Thanks to your family members as well. Joining us now here on the Brian Kilmeade Show is the anchor of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. Hi, Shannon. It is great to be with you, Joe. I am so very excited here on this Veterans Day today. And I'm sure you feel as I do that for a lot of Americans, uh, it is simply a day off. And in fact, I don't think a whole lot of Americans, uh, mostly going to be government employees that have the day off today. Uh, But, you know, there are all kinds of events, uh, big and small, in in local communities all across America tomorrow to recognize Veterans Day. And I fear that dwindling numbers of people actually attend those events. Yeah, and I think you're so right. A lot of these towns and counties and local boards and places, they're going to really have the flags out, have the parades, be really welcoming um, our veterans. And uh, the, the truth is, 
it's the smallest percentage we've had in a long time of people who actually have somebody they know or a family member who's serving in uniform. I mean, it, and so much of uh, American society is disconnected from what it's like um, to be a vet, to have somebody in active duty. Um, my late father was a Marine, once a Marine, always a Marine, So, it, and it's the Marine Corps birthday today. So I think there's plenty to celebrate. And without these folks out there in uniform, willing to voluntarily, not being drafted, but voluntarily willing to be out there serving our country, um, we need to, we owe them a debt we never can repay, but for those veterans in our communities, we need to be actively connecting with them, helping them reassimilate into civilian life, and do whatever we can um, to give a small thanks. It's the least we can do. And Shannon, my late father was a Navy veteran. He was a Navy officer, and I I, I would not be the good doting son that I am if I didn't tell his favorite Marine Corps joke so I know my so my father would my uh, and, and, and of course, in his latter years, he was frail and shrinking and older. And and my father would go up to the biggest, youngest, strongest Marines that he would see. And he would tell this joke. And I was like, Dad, you've got to stop doing that. So one of these days, one of these guys is not going to take kindly to it. <laughs> but my dad would always walk up to these Marines and say, you can always tell a Marine but you can't tell them much. And I'm like, Dad, stop. You can't keep doing that. You're endangering your life, sir. Yes. Uh, but that probably was true of my father. I think that that actually fits him. He probably would have acknowledged that. Well, listen, when my brother joined the Navy and became a naval aviator, my dad as a Marine had a little bit of a hard time with that. Yeah. I think there's a wonderful rivalry that takes place between yeah. the 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 different branches of the military, especially the Navy and the Marines, since they're, right. part, of the, they're part of the same unit. Yeah, and listen, we are blessed to have them all, all of our men and women in uniform in every branch. Now, Shannon, before we get into some some very important issues, uh, our our research team here at WDBO did some research on you and came up Uh-oh. with something. Yeah, came up with something that absolutely startled me. And when I and by Uh-oh. the way, when I say our research team, I mean I googled you. <laughs> I go, I googled you five Google. minutes before the show. Exactly. Um, and I was so startled. To see that you have an IMDb profile. Oh, do now, I? For our listeners who don't know what IMDb is, that's the the Internet Movie Database, and that you you were involved in one of my absolute favorite movies. I was. Is this is this not accurate? Are you talking about the Kingsman too? Yes. That's the only movie credit I have. Yes. And the hilarious thing is, is that I still get checks. Bill Hemmer and I were in as newscasters, and um. Well, I still get checks from SAG-AFTRA, and I got one this week for $15. Is and that I always right? immediately, I always immediately take a picture and text it to Bill to see what he's getting. He claims he doesn't get any checks from them, but I'm still getting them. I mean, you, I could go to McDonald's on that. I I was just so excited to see that you, you played a part, and now i got to go back and watch it because I don't know that I remember that. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I they filmed so much stuff with us, but we had no idea what anything meant that we were saying because they don't give you the script. It's not like we're hanging out with the stars of the movie or anything like that. So we're reading these lines, and they seem very dramatic and over the top at the because we're supposed to be these neutral newscasters. And at one point, there was a line that said, I look into the camera and say, God help us all, because the world <laughs> is sort of falling apart. Right. And I said, Hammer refused to say it. He's like, that's ridiculous. We would never say that in real life. And I'm like, I'm the 
the last couple of years, I've started to feel like maybe, yeah. maybe I would look into the camera and say, God help us. Yes, um, I, so, yes, we do. We do have a very critical role in that movie. Well, I, I loved it. And I'll, I'll put that on my weekend viewing list to make sure I catch up on that once again. I thought the, all three of those movies were great. They're making a fourth <laughs> a one now. So maybe you'll be in, in one of those in the future as well. So we saw uh, some new CNN data of the number of people a new CNN poll finds that 51% of respondents say there's absolutely no chance they're going to vote for Joe Biden, and 48% they say there's absolutely no chance they're going to vote for Donald Trump. Those are remarkably high numbers. Yeah, and the polling is so interesting because we're a year out officially now that we've been covering this, you know, since the, the moment the midterms were over. Another year out, and there's so much polling out there. But what gets confusing, as, you know, everybody has told us out there, they don't want a, a Biden-Trump rematch, but it looks like that's what they're going to get unless something changes, and that's always possible. Um, but there are all these other entrants, RFK Jr., Jill Stein, Cornell West. Is Joe Manchin going to – who's been flirting with this? Right. Is he going to actually get in? Then that makes the polling so crazily skewed. Do people with, you know, not just one or two or three options, but four, five, or six, how in the world do you poll that accurately a year out? And then, of course, as you well know, and sometimes people get frustrated and confused by this, and some people, frankly, want to change this, but we don't elect, an, uh, elect a president nationally. We elect president right. state by state. Mm-hmm. So what, what a national poll indicates is irrelevant compared right. to what a state poll is going to indicate. Such a good point. And it's important to remember because, too, when you look at swing states, which New York Times, Siena, uh, had some polling out last Sunday that looked at Arizona and, you know, these, these key places and, um, you know, other swing states and found that um, President Trump was leading in five of six of those head to head with President Biden. I mean, those give you better glimpses, I think, into the real nitty gritty. But of course, you know, Iowa's first. We got to get through those caucuses and these early South Carolina, New Hampshire. That poll probably tells you a lot, too. Clearly, President Trump is leading by double digits enormously in those early states. Um, But if somebody pulls off an upset or gets way closer than expected in somewhere like Iowa, we've been paying attention for a long time. But for people who see that as the first contest of 2024, the optics of that are very powerful with primary voters. You know, as we look on the on the Democratic side, uh, we don't get the robust level of debates that we have seen on the Republican side. And and Joe Biden seems to be getting, a you know, another free pass of, of being able to campaign essentially from his basement, as it has been said uh, four years ago. Uh, of course, that was during covid. It was a different time back then. Uh, but but Joe Biden really doesn't seem to be being challenged. And if. If he is the standard bearer, if he if he wins the party's nomination and if Donald Trump wins the GOP nomination, I I just can't imagine that Joe Biden. And as we say in the South, bless his heart, Joe Biden. I mean, he is so on the sunset, the sundowning of his life. I don't know how he's going to be able to withstand a debate with with Donald Trump. Well, and I just, as we're speaking, I just got the pool note from the White House calling a lid at 11.06, meaning we should not hear or see anything more from President Biden today. So there are a lot of questions about whether he is up for this physically and mentally, and you're hearing that increasingly from Democrats. It's not, of course, it's going to come from Republicans, but you're hearing from people within his own party who are out there now publicly saying he needs to step aside. We need to have somebody else. Um, We've seen polling within the Democratic Party that people want a different option. They don't think that Joe Biden 
Biden as their best option. They have worries about all those things. So this is not just a partisan issue. His party is really worried about how he would do head-to-head in those debates and in a full-throated re-election campaign out from state to state. Would he do it? You don't have the COVID change that we had in 2020. Like, you are going to have to get out there more. Um, And there's the power of the incumbency. That's always really powerful. But when you have people like David Axelrod and other prominent Democratic pollsters and lawmakers out there saying he needs to step aside, um, I don't know if that just makes the White House and makes him dig in even more. Um, but so far, they say he's not going anywhere. Well, and California Governor Goodhair is is uh, certainly <laughs> seemingly he's got very nice teeth. A great yes, great teeth, great hair, very Hollywood looking. Uh, the the guy's handsome. There's no doubt about it. But uh, handsome and good hair does not a president make. Uh, but but it certainly seems as if if he is campaigning for that position just in case. Well, listen, he is going and doing very high-profile stuff. Now, the, the the latest approval ratings, I saw one poll out of California, is that he's not winning everybody over in California. I mean, they have real doubts about him, but he's done things like going to the border. He was in China with President Xi. I mean, these are the things you would do if you're trying to raise your profile, be right in the middle of very important topics. And, you know, the border somewhere, the White House and this president is taking a ton of heat. So for a Democrat to go there and be involved in those conversations, he will say again and again when pressed, I 100 support President Biden. He is running. I'm not running for everything, for anything. Um, but, you know, you got to wonder whether he's putting himself in line just in case um, he can't say that he's not prepped and read in and, and, you know, has relationships with the players when you're doing things like meeting with foreign leaders. Raises a lot of eyebrows. We're talking to Fox News Sunday host Shannon Bream here on the Brian Kilmeade Show. My name is Joe Kelly. There, there comes a point, Shannon, at which we've we've reached the point of no return for the candidates because at some point it's too late to put new names on the ballot. It's too late to mm-hmm. take names off the ballot. I mean, when is that point of no return? Well, you got to think if there's if there are people that are getting into some of these early primary caucus contests on the Democrat side, where we do have Dean Phillip and you have Dean Phillips, congressman, and you have others that are talking about it, there are deadlines that are are going to start being missed. If you really are going to make a run at a serious primary challenge, which I think would be very difficult against a sitting president who has the full backing of the DNC, um, that's going to get really tricky. But you know, I mean, Republicans have plenty of options on their primary uh, and caucus ballots, um, and and for them, the tricky part is President Trump obviously is in the first of one of many um, high-profile trials that he's going to have to go through. The one in, in New York is playing out for him. His kids drawn into that as well. Um, you know, so there's just there's a lot to think through because the polling does show for people if the former president was convicted and jailed, their vote, their, how they feel about where they assign their vote actually changes. So. Gosh, there's so much unpredictable, you know, all kinds of things that can happen in the next year. Keep your keep your lawyer ball cap on here for for another question. So as Donald Trump uh, is looking, I mean, there I, there's a possibility he could go to jail before the presidential election. Uh, the DeSantis camp certainly won't come clean on this. They won't admit it. But but many sources within the DeSantis uh, team have said that they are staying in this race for the long haul mm-hmm. uh, on the off chance that Donald Trump right. is going to be uh, something calamitous is going to happen to Donald Trump between now and Election Day. And I think you're going to probably get the same argument for Nikki Haley and for her camp as well. Both she and DeSantis are, you know, like every all five of the people who are on stage this week claiming that they won the debate. That's subjective. But what's objective is fundraising. And both the DeSantis and Haley folks say that they had really strong fundraising, um, you know, days after the wake of the debate. 
they believe that there are still GOP voters in the base that are movable away from President Trump, potentially, especially if his situation changes. I mean, what we've seen and what he predicted months ago was the more they come after him, the more legal trouble for him, the better he's going to do in the polls. And that's been pretty true. Is there a ceiling on that? We just don't know yet. But I do think you're going to have other contenders that if they can continue to fundraise enough and stay in through the convention, they're going to do it. Shannon Bream, who do you got uh, slated for Sunday? We do have Nikki Haley with us on Sunday, so we'll talk about how in the world she continues to try to make that run and you know, position herself as the option instead of President Trump if it's going to break into two contenders at some point in the GOP primary. We've also got Democratic Senator Mark Warner. He is the chair of the Senate Intel Committee. A lot to talk about there with the funding fights over uh, Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, um, the depletion of a lot of our military assets as we have real trouble in the Middle East and other places. How do we manage that? And by the way, you know, we run out of money here in the federal government next Friday. So much to discuss. <laughs> Indeed. She is Fox News chief legal correspondent. She's the host of Fox News Sunday. And she is a bona fide movie star. <laughs> Shannon Bream. Shannon, it's great to catch up with you and uh, have fun on Sunday. Thank you, Joe. Have a great Thank weekend. You too. Thank you so much. My name is Joe Kelly. You're listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. You can join us at 866-408-7669. Learning something new every day on The Brian Kilmeade Show. Breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show. My name is Joe Kelly. You can join me here on The Brian Kilmeade Show at 866-408-7669. Donald Trump uh, is, is now once again saying that he did build the wall and he did get Mexico to pay for it. This was part of an interview uh, from tele, uh, from Univision. The central pledge of your 2016 campaign, we talked about this, and the 2020 campaign was that you were going to build a border wall and that yeah. Mexico was going to pay for it. Right. Did that happen? Yeah, it did in, in a very big way. So you'll recall that, that Governor DeSantis during the GOP debate said that he would actually build the wall or finish building the wall and get Mexico to actually pay for it through remittances. That is the money that uh, that Mexicans in America send back to Mexico. Uh, Governor DeSantis says as president, he will tax that money so that he'll be able to get uh, enough money to be able to fund the building of the border wall. Uh, Donald Trump has a bit con- contradicted himself on this because he's previously said, of course, at first he said he was going to get Mexico to pay for the wall. Uh, but then it later said on multiple occasions that there wasn't a mechanism, his words, there wasn't a mechanism to get Mexico to pay for the wall, seemingly admitting that Mexico didn't pay for the wall and wasn't going to be able to pay for the wall. You can share your thoughts at 866-408-7669. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. We're declaring it a national emergency on day one. I'm sending U.S. military to the border. I'm going to stop the invasion cold. I am going to deport people who came illegally. And I'm even going to build the border wall and have Mexico pay for it like Donald Trump promised. How are you going to do it? Yeah, Mexico's not going to fork over money. We're going to impose fees on the remittances that foreign workers send to foreign countries. We'll raise billions of dollars. I'll build the wall. But we are going to designate the cartels to be foreign terrorist organizations or something similar to that. And we're going to authorize the use of deadly 
deadly force. We're going to have maritime operations to interdict precursor chemicals going into Mexico. But I'll tell you this, if someone in the drug cartels is sneaking fentanyl across the border when I'm president, that's going to be the last thing they do. Yeah, that is uh, Ron DeSantis at the debate this week saying that he is going to get Mexico to pay for the wall uh, by uh, taxing the remittances, the money that Mexican, uh, Mexican-Americans or Mexicans living in America that they send back to their family members in Mexico. He wants to tax that. Uh, so that will be his means of, of paying for or having Mexico pay for the wall. Uh, this, as Donald Trump uh, now says, uh, he said on, uh, let's see, this is Univision, that he did get Mexico to pay for the wall. The central pledge of your 2016 campaign, we talked about this, and the 2020 campaign was that you were going to build a border wall and that yeah. Mexico was going to pay for it. Right. Did that happen? Yeah, it did in, in a very big way. Now, Trump had previously said that multiple times that there wasn't a mechanism. This was after he was elected. He said that there wasn't a mechanism uh, in place for Mexico to pay for the wall. So he, he in, a, in a sense, admitted that Mexico didn't pay for the wall. Uh, but now Ron DeSantis says he will get Mexico to pay for the wall. What is your takeaway from that? 866-408-7669. As you can join the Brian Kilmeade Show, my name is Joe Kelly. In for Brian Kilmeade today, it is, of course, Veterans Day. Uh, today is the federal holiday. That means if you're a, a federal employee, if you work for the post office, if you work for uh, any of the federal offices, you've got a holiday today. Probably your state and local offices may be off today as well. For all the rest of us, it's pretty much a work day today. Maybe there's no school today. Uh, but the, the actual Veterans Day is tomorrow, 11-11, at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month uh, is, is when the uh, armistice was signed, making uh, the, thus today being Veterans Day. John is joining us in Pennsylvania at 866-408-7669. John, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show with Joe Kelly. How are you, sir? Very good, Joe. Uh, I'm enjoying the show. Uh, I served in Vietnam, and I was aboard the America. We relieved your father's ship, the Eriskany. No kidding. Yeah, and uh, they had fire on board. And uh, both both those ships are in the Gulf of Mexico right now. And, yeah. and how, did, how did you feel about that? I mentioned earlier that my father I was with, a little upset yeah, being uh, a plank owner on the baby, too. You know, I was with the VF-102 uh, fighter outfit. And uh, another thing I want to tell you is how to uh, put a Marine back in his place. Tell him who signs your check. The Secretary of the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> you Navy guys and the Marines really, really enjoy giving each other grief, don't you? Why not? Why not? We love each other. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Hey, listen, John, thank you for your service. Uh, I'm sorry. And what kind of ship was the America? The America was a carrier also. Super okay. carrier. Yeah, she was one less of the uh, diesel. Uh, 66. 66. And, yeah, CBA 66. And when did they, do you recall when they sank it in the Gulf of Mexico? Oh, uh, I'm trying to think. It was maybe maybe about 10 years ago. Yeah. There's a little thing on the, on the Internet uh, about it and, and how she served and whatnot. Yeah, she was a big, beautiful ship. I will, I will look that up. And you're right. The Oriskany suffered from a fire. Uh, and, and if I'm not mistaken, John, and maybe you would know this better than I did, but a lot of people pointed the finger at John McCain. Uh, for for that fire starting on the Oriskany. 
Well, he was involved in it. It was his aircraft, but uh, he was also burned in that thing too. It wasn't his fault, though. Yes, yeah, so I guess a, these, a, a bomb had happened on ship. I mean, I we watched a a 500-pound bomb fall off the wing of a plane yeah. on the America as she took off the plane, and the bomb just rolled along the deck until it went all the side into the ocean. Thank goodness so we it went over the side. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I bet so. John, God bless you, and, and thank you so much for your service. Thank you for your father's service, too. I, absolutely. You bet. Let's go to Katie, who is listening in Norfolk, Virginia. Katie, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. How are you? I'm cool, thank you. How are you? I'm cool also. <laughs> um, listen, I was just calling real quick because um, I heard you guys talking about Trump and the border wall. Yes. And I had seen him in the past. Say, um, that he had had them pay, but not like give them cash for it. He taxed them or he did other things that would end up where it, he considered them paying for the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like the cars that they brought in or something like that. I don't know. It's, right. I just know that all this in, in fighting that one person says this and one person says that, it's really not any fun for us voters. Right. It was when it was when President Trump reworked the North American Free Trade Agreement and it became a uh, and I don't remember the, what, what they ended up changing it to. Uh, but the the president says that it was a switch around of some tariffs and some other issues that that funded the wall. But the reality is, is that that all of the money that went to build the wall came out of the Pentagon's budget uh, and, and none of it came from tariffs. I mean, tariffs are something that that businesses pay for. Uh, and so it may have helped some American businesses, to be sure. And, and this is, you know, to, to say that that Mexico didn't pay for the wall is not a knock on Donald Trump's ability to get the wall constructed. He got the wall. Uh, it just didn't get funded through Mexico, as many had believed that it would, not in, you know, in, a, in a direct payment. And I don't know if you remember, Katie, but even at the time, the Mexican president uh, used some very choice words that I cannot repeat on the radio. Uh, but suffice to say that the Mexican president say that there was no way that Mexico was going to pay for the wall and, and they didn't contribute a dime uh, to to funding the wall that came out of the Pentagon's budget. But, boy, I, I tell you, it was good to see part of a wall built and uh, clearly to get the rest of that wall built would be beneficial, I think, to all of America. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think that it's always easier for us um, Monday morning quarterbacks, you know, sure. like, well, if I was the White House, I definitely would have done, you know, we don't know. And I all I can say from watching the situation over the years he tried so hard and every time he tried to do anything um the democrats or the liberals or whatever uh even some of the republicans um just knocked him down haters so gonna hate I right gotta, I, yeah i get i gotta give him kudos for what he did accomplish that's all i'm saying you bet katie thank you so much i'm glad you listen have a good weekend 866-408-7669 kmart Kmart has pulled a Hamas Christmas product off the shelves after receiving backlash. Uh, this is shocking. Kmart has withdrawn a product from sale after concerns were raised about its messaging. It is a bag that has the words Mary Hamas 
on the bag, and inside the bag is said to be ham. Well, that's doubly weird because Muslims uh, don't eat ham. Uh, that that is that 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 that's not a clean uh, product that they would eat. But then, when you dig a little bit deeper, you realize that that this is, was not ill intent. This is boneheadedness, because what what it really says is Merry Ham Miss. So instead of a Merry Christmas bag, uh, it's a bag that sells ham. So there's supposed to be a, I guess, a smoked ham inside the bag. And instead of it saying Merry Christmas, it says Merry Ham Miss. But another way of saying ham Miss would be Hamas. Merry Hamas. And somehow nobody, I always love how things can make it to market knowing full well that there are graphic designers, uh, that there are editors, that there are marketing experts, that there are product design experts, uh, that there are all these people that have to go through and sign off on something. And nobody looked at that and thought, gosh, that says Mary Hamas. We probably ought not uh, phrase that. That's probably not as cute as we think it is. It's probably a terrible idea. 866-408-7669. You can join us here. My name is Joe Kelly, and you are listening to The Brian Kilmeade Show. Politics, current events, and news that affects you. Brian's got a lot more to say. Stay with Brian Kilmeade. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Hey, Brian is traveling today. My name is Joe Kelly. I am the host of the Joe Kelly Show on Brian's Orlando radio station, WDBO. My show is on weeknights from 5 till 7. If you ever want to tune in, you can stream it at WDBO.com. Brian is in Orlando. I check that. He's in Florida. He's on his way to Florida right now. He's going to be at the Ponte Verdra uh, concert hall tonight at 730 uh, promoting his book, Teddy and Booker T. You don't want to miss it. There are, I'm told, uh, just a handful of tickets that are still available if you want to check that out. Tomorrow at noon, he's going to be at the Barnes & Noble in the Villages, America's largest 55-plus community, uh, big party area there in the Villages. If you ever want to if, if you want to see party and done right, you got to go to the Villages and check that out. And then noon on Sunday, he's going to be at the Vero Beach Book Center. Beautiful. Vero Beach, man, that is right there, uh, obviously, on the beach, uh, and uh, it is so gorgeous there, and he's going to be at the Vero Beach Book Center at noon on Sunday. So it is a big Florida weekend for Brian Kilmeade, and if he's coming near you, I, I urge you, I beseech you, I beg you, you got to go check him out. He's a lot of fun, and you can get your picture taken with Brian and share it with all your friends, uh, brag to everybody, get an autographed copy of Teddy and, uh, and Booker T., and get a chance to to shake Brian's hand. He's just an all-around good guy. I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, the number, 866-408-7669. Let's go to Mark, who's here in Orlando, listening to WDBO. Hey, Mark, you're on the Brian Kilmeade Show. How are you? Joe, it's great to hear you on uh, Brian's show. We listen to you every day out of Orlando, too. Thank you, ma'am. Hey, I wanted to call and just uh, tell you happy Veterans Day. Appreciate what you do. And also, I wanted to let anyone in the Florida listening area know, over in Daytona Beach at the Museum of Arts and Sciences, uh, there's a fantastic thing for Veterans Day. Uh, and it's actually going on through January, but it's a uh, 
stories of World War II, all kinds of World War II artifacts. They've got uh, veterans that passed through. Uh, there's also an awesome uh, military World War II aviation arts gallery display by uh, an Orlando artist uh, named John Shaw. Uh, it's a fantastic oh, museum. Yeah, I know uh, John Shaw, actually. And and John Shaw recently sent me an autographed portrait of some of his aviation painting, and, and it is absolutely brilliant. Uh, the, the guy is uh, tremendous. Well, that's great. If, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful Veterans Day thing to do. Get over to the Museum of Arts and Sciences in Daytona Beach and uh, go see the World War II display and the art. And uh, happy Veterans Day, everybody. You got it, Mark. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you. And uh, certainly check around your local communities. Uh, there are always going to be some. Uh, some of them are going to be small, regrettably, uh, as we don't seem to have quite the uh, the the. the we don't seem to have the the the, the pride, the uh, um, the sense of of importance to our military, to our veterans that maybe we once had. It's it's shameful. Uh, but there are there are ceremonies taking place across the country, and I urge you to not only you know look them up and and attend them, but bring your kids, bring your children, so that they can understand the sacrifices that were made, and maybe it can become then a tradition. For your children. Let's go up to uh, WHIO in Dayton, Ohio. Gina is joining us here on the Brian Kilmeade Show with Joe Kelly. Hi, Gina. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Good. Hey, thanks for filling in for Brian today. Of course. <laughs> um, I wanted to discuss the uh, Mexico funding the border wall issue. You bet. Um, so Ron DeSantis, I believe he's a super governor for Florida, but I believe he might be alienating the legal Mexican-Americans with this tax, which could flip them from Democrat to Republican, from Republican to Democrat. Yeah. Um, Donald Trump, he renegotiated NAFTA. He limited cartel funds from fentanyl. And I think he saved jobs um, for Americans that would have gone to illegals. Look, and, and he got part of the wall built, and he didn't get to finish that, regrettably, uh, with a second term. But uh, perhaps uh, with, a, with a second term in 2024, uh, he'll be able to build you know, more of that wall. Uh, I did, though, find – I found the audio, if you want to take a listen to this. This is Donald Trump admitting that, that Mexicans weren't going to pay for the wall. So when you hear these lunatics back there say, Trump didn't get anything from Mexico – well, you know, there was no legal mechanism because I said they're going to help fund this wall, but there was no legal mechanism. You know, how do you go to a country and say, by the way, I'm building a wall, hand us a lot of money? So there, there wasn't a legal mechanism, but the point is, is he got, he got more wall built than perhaps any other president ever. Yeah, and then we run the risk if um, Ron DeSantis would get the, um, the votes that we would alienate those people that um, – that, the legal Mexican-Americans who have earned their money sending it to a family member because I have family members overseas, not in Mexico, but like in Italy. Sure. And if I sent them 100 bucks for the birthday, should that be taxed? Yeah. One, one wonders how many, how many Mexican-Americans uh, are GOP supporters in the first place. I mean maybe it's a negligible number, uh, but I do get where you're coming from, that, right. it, that it could alienate them. Uh, if suddenly they see their remittances, if they're sending a thousand dollars and suddenly it's only nine hundred dollars they're sending to their families, that would be quite aggravating. 
Right. I, and I think we have had Mexican-Americans um, converting, maybe slowly but surely, but it'd be <laughs> great to see the polls lately. <laughs> Bringing them over to our side. Gina, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Let's go to North Carolina. Matt is on the Brian Kilmeade Show with Joe Kelly. Hey, Matt. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Good. Usually listen to the show waiting for Brian uh, or waiting for um... – Oh, shoot. I just forgot his name. Anyway, not important. I was just calling about – I remember growing up in Branson, Missouri, and we there used to be veteran stuff all the time. Um, I mean it didn't have to be Veterans Day. It didn't have to be the 4th of July. And uh, we were actually part of a big outfit called um, Operation Homecoming. That was pretty cool. But uh, you mentioned the USS Oriskany, and um, my grandpa actually served on that flying. No the kidding. The RF-8. Um, he was a pilot on there. And then a couple years ago, I actually did some work for – uh, the United States last blimp operating uh, pilot. Um, I don't know yeah, if you saw, but the the big blimp hangar that has been around for a gosh a hundred years or so in Southern California caught a fire this week and it and it burned down. There was oh my this massive massive hangar for military blimps. Wow! No, I I didn't hear about that. Yeah, I didn't hear about that. But, Matt, thank you but, so yeah, much. I appreciate you. Have a great uh, weekend, and uh, thanks to your family for their service here on this Veterans Day weekend. Uh, Today being the federal holiday, the actual Veterans Day is coming up tomorrow. Make sure and uh, take some time to thank a veteran this weekend, and make sure if you're in uh, the Jacksonville area, if you're in the villages, or if you're in Vero Beach, or, or you know, within an hour's or two's drive from there, make sure you go see Brian Kilmeade this weekend. It's his big special Florida weekend. Let's give him a big Florida welcome uh, as he makes his way around promoting Teddy and Booker T. His new book that is out now. You can find out more details when you go to BrianKilmeadeShow.com. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.